0: Right. very good. Well, what we're going to do tonight is uh, basically, I'm gonna, I thought about just kind of having a regular midweek service and, um, you know, not doing it like this, um, but I decided, you know what, we can't control the weather, God controls that, so we're just going to do what we uh, similar to what we would have done had we met on the property and so uh, I'll just kind of tell you uh, right at the beginning as far as uh, what we'll do Lord willing hopefully next month when we meet out there Uh, but uh, we're going to be at the front of the property and by then hopefully we'll kind of have an area kind of stake out so you'll kind of see about where the building is going to be and uh, we're actually going to gather in that chunk of ground where the building is going to be built at and uh, I'm going to share uh, a challenge with you from the scripture, and, uh, and here's the thought I had about that. So one of these days when we actually are sitting in there, when the building's completed, is it going to be neat to know that, the, the, the think back to the days when there was no building there, and we were sitting out there and uh, asking God to provide what He's going to provide for us. Amen. Now you talk about just good memories and uh, good opportunities for us to see our faith grow. Uh, but uh, we'll gather there, uh, share a challenge with you, and then uh, kind of the frontage of the property. Uh, all, all that can't. I understand not everybody is able to, but most, most folks I believe can. We're just going to kind of walk a little bit, and as we walk, we're going to sing some familiar hymns. Uh, And then uh, as we walk, we're going to have a time where we pray, kind of like uh, Israel did when they walked around Jericho, amen? And uh, so anyway, that's kind of the format of what we're going to do. You know, it's probably not going to be a a long service, uh, maybe, uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes or something like that. But I just think it's going to be something unique for us to do, and not, not, not just to do to do, okay? But to do it so that we can see our faith grow, amen, and actually be at the place, and that's what we're going to look at tonight for just a minute, uh, where God is going to accomplish some great, mighty things. And so, what I'm going to do tonight, I'm not going to necessarily have a Bible study. I'm going to give you just kind of more some thoughts, uh, maybe a challenge, or maybe what would be considered a charge, if you will, and uh, just a couple things. And so, I'm going to be in Joshua chapter one. So if you want to take the Bible and go there, Joshua chapter one, and. I'll probably be uh, a, a lot in the book of Joshua uh, when we have these meetings out on the property. And I'm not saying I going to ever be anywhere else, but uh, the Lord showed me some things here. And just a couple thoughts. Again, this isn't you know like maybe I would on a Sunday morning, a three-point outline and all, or anything like that. But just a couple thoughts out of this passage. So Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to have you stand as I read because we're kind of sitting a little different way. But let me read to you the first nine verses. You don't have to stand. It's okay. Uh, I said it, I said we don't have to, that's alright, the way we're sitting, and uh, that's okay, I like that habit we're in though, right, that's a good habit, and it's all good, old habits die hard, right, and that's good, Joshua chapter 1, I'm just going to read to you the first nine verses here, and then I'm going to share a couple thoughts with you from this, All right? Uh, here's what the Bible says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and into the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand, nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray. Lord, we again want to thank you, we want to praise you. Thank you, Lord, for our gathering tonight, and I pray that you'd meet with us as we open your word for a few moments. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple things I want to point out to you here. One thing I noticed when I read this passage is several times throughout this passage, you see the phrase, the land, okay? And uh, this was a, a very specific geographical place that God had promised to give his children. And so as I begin to read through there, uh, the promises of the land... Uh, I got to thinking about, you know, what God is doing for us, okay? And it involves a specific geographical piece of property, amen? And uh, in fact, I'll be honest with you, folks, all throughout the Bible, uh, you find God showing interest in specific geographical places. And In fact, it's very interesting. If you start really peeling the layers of the onion back a little bit and start studying, a lot of things that happen, happen where they where they happen for a reason and a purpose. Right. Okay, Everything. And I'm not going to get into all that tonight. That's a whole different Particularly when Jesus, when he had his ministry on earth, certain things that happened, where they happened at was for a reason and a purpose to prove things to his disciples, to the nation of Israel, and even to prove things to the unseen spirit world. And geographically, they happened for a reason, and so I got to thinking about that, and as I begin to read through this passage here, God showed me some truths, and here's just what I want to share with you tonight, some of these truths, here's the first word I want you to notice, and that's the word transition, okay, the first two verses, again notice what it says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, okay, now Moses and his wife and his ministry was kind of, if you want to call it this way, Phase one for the children of Israel, for God uh, to deliver them from Egypt and to get them into the promised land. Now, Moses in himself was an amazing man. And that's a whole different Bible study in and of itself, and we're not going to really talk about that tonight. But what we notice here, notice that first phrase. Now, after the death of Moses, okay? So what you see here is a transition from the leadership of Moses to what was happening in Moses' day. So a whole different thing going on with Joshua. Again, notice what it says there at the end of verse 1. That the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So you know what you find out here? God's closing the chapter on the book of of the life and ministry of Moses. Okay? Moses accomplished his will or God's will for his life. He did what God wanted him to do. Now Moses is in paradise. All right. And now it's Joshua's turn to step onto the sea. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I give unto them, even to the children of Israel. Okay? So you see a transition here from Moses and what the children of Israel were doing when Moses was alive to now Joshua and God's plan for them under Joshua's leadership. You see transition. And what is transition? Transition is a change. It's a move from one thing to another, okay? Transition how? From the past, transition of leadership, transition of purpose. Now, let's be honest here, okay? Most of us do not like change. Okay? We like routine we like comfort, we like things to be how we have always known them to be. Let me just say this folks, in order for God to give us greater things, in order for us to accomplish more, we must be willing in God's way, in God's time, to make a transition. Okay, make a transition. Uh, again, I don't always like using myself as personal illustrations, but uh, this was true in my life, okay? Uh, when I first started in ministry, uh, I was doing something, and I did that for 12 years. And uh, you know what? God came along and said, you know what? It's time for you transition. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't necessarily at first... Think that was a good idea for me, okay? You know why? Because I liked what I was doing. I liked my comfort zone. I, you know, I didn't want to have to, you know, go through the process of learning something and doing something new. But you know what? I'm thankful that uh, the grace of God, I was willing to make that transition. Now that I'm looking at it from this side, listen to me, folks. Uh, it's the greatest decision I ever made in my life. At the time, I didn't quite see it all, but all I knew is this. God said to do it, and it was God's will for me to do it. Amen? And you know what? As we begin to think about this next phase of where God's trying to take our church to, I think of that word transition. And you know what? For the first uh, early years of this church, uh, this is what God's plan has been for us. But guess what? God's got greater things in store for us. And if we're going to get there, if we're going to accomplish it, we must not be afraid of change, and we must be willing to make a transition. By the way, folks, listen. I told you this before and it's so true. It's not just about a bigger place for us together. That's not what it's just about. Amen. Listen, the reason we need the room is because God wants to reach more people. Right? God wants us to start new ministries. Okay? It's more opportunities. By the way, think about this for a minute, okay? In order to have new ministries, you've got to have people willing to step in and oversee those ministries. You know what that means? That means God coming to some of y'all, okay, and asking as God leads me to ask you uh, to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and do some things that will even help you transition to some greater areas of service. Now listen, in order to do that, you've got to be willing to make some sacrifices, you got to be willing to put the time in. you got to be willing to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do do, uh, do it the way it needs to be done. Okay? And so this thing, the transition, our church is getting ready to go through this transition. And so it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But we need to make sure we do it God's way. Amen? So that's the first word that came to mind. Here's the second word that came to mind. And, and that's the word promise. Promise. Look at verse 3. Every place that the soul of your foot shall tread upon... That that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Okay, you know what this is, folks. This is a promise that God gave to Moses. Now he's passing it down to Joshua and to the people of this generation. It's a promise. Now what I love about what he said here is this: He said, "Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon." That's why I want our feet to tread upon the geographical location of the place that we're asking God to do something great for today. Amen? Listen, folks, that's biblical. right. Okay, it's biblical. You see it all throughout the Scripture. God uh, having people go to some place, see some place, walk on some place where He's going to do something great for them. Amen? And so what you see here is God reaffirming His promise to Joshua that he made to Moses. And by the way, folks, listen to me, alright? I know sometimes we get caught up in our world and where we live at and what we do, but listen, this idea of God helping a new church and uh, expand ministry and to grow, this has been going on since Jesus established his church some 2,000 years ago, amen? God has made some promises to his church, and guess what we're here to do? We're here to claim the promises, The promises he made to our forefathers. Hey, we're saying, God, you made them to them, God. Hey, we need you to keep your word to us as well. And you know what? We're just reminding God of the promises. By the way, those promises are found all throughout his word. Amen? And listen, folks, I hope hope y'all want you to understand this, okay? The purpose of the church, all right, is to grow. It's to go forward. Remember what? I don't know if some of you were here then, but uh, several years ago, uh, one of our uh, the, the theme for the year was what Jesus said in the book of Luke, and I forget which chapter and verse, but it was one of the parables. And when he said, "Occupy till I come," I don't know if that word "occupy" means it's a military term. It means to gain ground. It means to take land from the enemy. And let me tell you what the goal of the Church of Jesus Christ is, folks. It's to get out here in the community God's placed us in and take ground from the enemy. Amen. very soon, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to save the details for later. Let me just say what I did this week. I decided that we're declaring war on something. You know what we're declaring war on? We're declaring war on something that's coming to this community and trying to uh, rear up its ugly head and bring the perversion to this community yeah. what am I talking about? I'm talking about the wicked thing that's going to yeah. supposedly happen up here on June 24th. Yeah. Right. We're declaring war on yeah. Yeah. I got a plan by the way. Okay. Hopefully, and I don't think it's going to be a problem here, hopefully you're going to stand behind me on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, preacher, that makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> well guess what? Going to war is not comfortable somebody's got to stand up, somebody's got to say something, somebody's got to do something, and by golly, this is the church that's going to lead the charge, amen? So hopefully, we can get some other churches on board. If the preachers I'm going to go talk to have the backbone to stand with me, but I don't care if no other pastor or church stands with us, we're doing something about it, amen? We're declaring war. By the way, we got to do stuff like that, amen. We didn't come looking for this; it came to our community. Today. And so, anyway, all that to say, I'll give you details on that later, amen. But just in case you were wondering, oh yeah, I know about it, and we're doing something about it, all right. And so, the promises here that God gave uh, to to Moses, he also were they were good for Joshua. Here's the second word I want you to notice. Look at verse five, all right, verse five, and this is the word victory, victory. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now again, all throughout this passage, you see the promises of God. But what I want you to notice here is the fact that God promised his people victory. Again, notice what he says. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Now, we understand because uh, we we know what the Bible has to say about it. But folks, listen: the land they were getting ready to go into was not enough, not unoccupied. Okay, this was not just a land free for the taking. Okay, there were enemies dwelling in that land. It was full of the Canaanites, and not just a, a Canaanites—kind of an uh, an umbrella term. But in other places, it names who they were. In Joshua chapter three, verse ten, it calls them the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and the Zanzeumim. And you know what these these were? These were giants. Okay, these were not very good people. These were barbaric people. These were heathen people. These were uh, pagan, worshiping, uh, occult people. I mean, it was a, as far as the people goes, it would have been a scary place. Okay? And you know what God said to Joshua? He said, no man's going to be able to stand before oh, you. Yeah. By the way, it's interesting here, because when you start, again, studying history and studying culture, listen, you know what was behind all that stuff going on in Canaan? It was the demonic forces behind all that. And listen, Joshua and Caleb, And all the armies of Israel weren't just going in to fight physical battles. There were spiritual battles we're going to have to be fought Because there were demonic forces behind all the the humans in the land. And that reminds me of this in Ephesians 6.12. The Bible reminds us what we're fighting against. Amen. We're fighting against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Those demonic forces that were behind the Canaanites in that day are the same demonic forces that are behind the things we fight in our day and age. Amen? Amen. Amen. And listen, folks, I know it sounds scary. I know it sounds like, oh my goodness, how's this going to happen? But I'm going to tell you, through it all, we can have victory. Victory. I'm going to tell you again, it's very interesting because as you begin to study this out, you find that all throughout the Scripture, that there were these uh, uh, these, these uh, uh, demonic forces behind all this. I read an interesting uh, verse in Exodus chapter 12. Listen to this. This is God talking to Moses, and, and this is right before the death angel comes uh, to uh, to kill all the firstborn. Notice what God says here, and I hadn't really noticed this before until I heard uh, another pre- uh, preacher bringing this out, and I thought it was really good. Here's what God said for uh, Exodus 12, 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will spy all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Now listen to this verse. And against all the little g gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. You know what God was doing? And by the way, very interesting. You studied the ten plagues. Those weren't just random things God sent on Egypt. You realized every single plague corresponded to a false little g-god that the Egyptians worshipped. Every single play. Okay? And you know what's interesting is God showed His power over the little g-gods of Egypt. By the way, those little g-gods, those weren't just little statues they were worshipping. Those were demonic entities that were behind all that stuff going on. And we know it's true, because remember when Moses and Aaron went in to face Pharaoh? and they were able to reproduce the, the magicians read it the astrologers the magicians folks look, 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 these were occultic leaders of these demonic entities uh, that, that the egyptians worship they reproduced some of the some of the miracles for a short time and so what this tells us folks is that there are uh, spiritual battles that that are, have to be fought let me just tell you this okay when we decide we're going to Number one, obey God. Number two, go, in, uh, go to the next level. You better expect an uptick of uh, demonic opposition. You better expect it. Amen? And that's why through this whole process, folks, listen to me. I ain't turning it down. I'm turning it up. We got to keep the preaching hot. And by the way, come on now. Let me tell you why we ought to keep the preaching hot. So we can keep our lives holy. Right. Amen? I'm going to tell you, folks, as we go through this, it ain't going to get easier. It's going to get more difficult because the enemy hates it. The enemy hates it. And listen, he hates the fact that we're, that we're accomplishing things. He hates the fact that we're seeing people saved and we're seeing lives change and God's growing a church. Amen? And so that's what he's going to do. He's going to try and oppose us. But listen, that's okay. Amen? Because God has promised us victory. Here's the second uh, uh, thing I see here. This is kind of two words. Verse 6 and 7, it's this, strength and courage. Strength and courage. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance of the land, which I swear to their fathers to give them. You see it again mentioned in verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. You see it again mentioned in verse 9, be strong and of a good courage. Three times in these three verses, God reminds them to have strength and courage. By the way, what's the opposite of strength and courage? You know what it is? It's weakness and fear. Weakness and fear. By the way, that's how most Christians live. They're weak and they live in fear. Amen? But that's not how God expects for us to live. He expects us to be strong. He expects us to be of good courage. Amen? Reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen? And you know what that means? That means this. God wants us to be strong and courageous. Listen, folks, in order for us to accomplish this, not just the physical part of building the building, not just the part of financially sacrificing to get it put up, not just the fact of, of the physical work we're to go through, but the spiritual work we've got to go through as well. Amen? Let me just encourage you. Come on, church. We got to be strong and courageous. Amen. And then, last of all, let me give you this. Here's two more words. I love it. Prosperity and success. Amen. Prosperity and success. Verse seven and eight. Notice what it says. Only be thou strong and very courageous. That thou mayest observe. That thou mayest observe to do all that's according uh, to the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left. That thou mayest prosper. Whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Surprise, surprise. Guess what's tied in directly to prosperity and success? The Word of God. The Word of God. Listen, folks, if we stick with the Bible, we're going to be prosperous spiritually. And truth be told, a lot of times physically, all right, materially. But listen, he's not just talking about material pro- prosperity, okay? But but again, looking around. I think we're pretty blessed, amen? I don't think there's one of us here that's not uh, pr- uh, materially uh, materially, uh, materially, wise or prosperous, amen? But he's not just referring to that. He's talking about, listen, you know what he's talking about? He's talking about you're prosperous, you're successful if you accomplish the will of God for your life, right? Listen, you cannot have a penny to your name and still be prosperous and successful. Because when this thing's said and done, listen to me, when this thing's said and done, okay, it ain't going to matter how big your house was, it ain't going to matter what kind of car you drove, how many zeros were or weren't in your bank account, when this thing's said and done. And what's going to be matter when this thing's said and done? Well done, good and faithful servant. What's he have to say about it, amen? And let me tell you what all that's connected to. His word! Amen. Because that's what we're going to be judged by, by the way. Okay? When we stand at the judgment seat, Jesus isn't going to break out this list of things that we've never heard of before. Right. No, you know what You know what we're going to, he's going to hold us accountable to? It is written. Right. That's why as a Christian, you better know this book. You better read this book, interact with this book. And by the way, you better live by this book. Because this is the standard we're going to be held accountable to one of these days. By the way, listen to me, folks. If you will put this book to practice in your life, I promise you, you will be prosperous and you will be successful. Amen? And so that's what we want to do. We want to continue going forward laid upon a biblical foundation. Amen? As we get this thing going up and and going all that. That's what we want to do, folks. It's about uh, about following the law of God and and the word of God and and making sure that we we know it, we meditate upon it, and we put it to practice in our lives. Amen? All right. so there you go. There's your charge for tonight. Okay? And so, uh, those are the words there. We'll look at more things Lord willing next time we meet out there out of this chapter. So here's what we're going to